I broke everything. I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Am I getting through to you? Over! of the internet and welcome to episode two <laughs> of the world's greatest podcast vampire best in the world best in the world it is absolutely <laughs> the best podcast about 1988's vampire's kiss starring yes cage um yeah you know i this movie still just gets better better with watches i think um I did kind of a little bit feel the enormity of what we're doing on this mm-hmm. watch. Oh yeah, I definitely because... did. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I I was like, oh yeah, I remember all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, but I took a lot more notes than uh, I did in my first watch, which was interesting. I didn't expect that. Mostly because I was writing down all the lines that I thought would be good for the intro of this. Yeah, yeah. What were the, what um, were some of those lines? Oh, uh, it we've got a yeah. Well, fuck you too, sister. <laughs> well, it's like laying on the couch after Jackie says, "Fuck you, don't don't ever call me again." Oh yeah, that's a great shot. Just like the slow zoom, he just looks so silly that whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's just lounging in a sunbeam. Um, he uh, there's the whole like thing where he was talking like the second time he goes into his therapist after like the bat incident Mm -hmm. and she like wants to talk to him about it and he was just like well i was horny yeah uh plus i was drunk yeah yeah i was drunk plus i was horny Mm -hmm. and it was was just that that whole thing yeah uh i wrote hang on my my roommate's tapping on the door i think hang on a sec Mm -hmm. roommate wants to be a part of the podcast yeah there's a spider. I'll be back. <laughs> Damn, there's been a spider. Luckily, it's not a bat, though. If it was a bat, that Cassidy's life might take a sharp turn. I return. Alright, welcome back. Were you were you keeping the the listeners entertained? Uh, only a little bit. I was talking about how you know it's lucky that it was a spider, not a bat, because your life might have been a <laughs> very terrible turn. That actually reminds me when before I like when I sat down to watch this movie, mm-hmm. um, oh, I I uh, whoa, you have a, like a phone in your room? Like yeah, a I have a I have a landline in my room. Whoa wild um yeah when i sat down to watch the movie mm-hmm. um i like picked up my notebook to take notes and i looked over at my notebook and there was actually a giant spider like <laughs> on it and i was like whoa that's wild and then i like i literally as i was getting rid of the spider i was like i wonder if my room i like well, i wonder if my roommate's gonna see a spider today mm-hmm. uh and lo and behold she did yeah um 
So that means but, that you'll become real life Spider Man. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm you'll gonna, become I'm delusional Spider Man. Yes, I'm gonna think I have spider powers, uh, and then I'm gonna like jump off my balcony or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, the lines that I wrote down. Yes. Uh, the other one was <laughs> when he. I think it's like the third time he calls Alva into his office mm-hmm. and he like gives her the ultimatum or whatever. Right. He just like points at her and he's like, am I getting through to you? Alva. Yeah. It's great. Um, he has like, I think Nicholas Cage is Elvis obsessed, but there's definitely some Elvis in like some of the ways yeah. he's like delivering these lines, which is great. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> The another one that I wrote down was uh, this is it in the nightclub scene after he kills that girl and like the vampire is like saying like don't touch me you're disgusting I hate you mm-hmm. um, and he's like I said I love you and then he like retches yeah <laughs> I just really thought that one was funny because it reminded me of that video have you seen that video of that guy who like sends us a girl a voice memo and he's like screaming and crying and like say like I loved you I love you Ugh. and he just like starts like making all these barfing sounds. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. It is reminded that, me of that. Is that Onision? Oh, uh, maybe I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen the video. It just I think about it every time he does that. Yeah. Um, which is admittedly only been twice now but i right. think it's going to be 52 at the end of this mm-hmm. uh-huh and the last line i wrote down was when he's like running around after the sun comes up and mm-hmm. he's like running in the street and he pulls that like piece of wood off that pallet and he like tries to hand it to these uh these like people in the streets to like get them to kill him with it he's like my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm a vampire. Please kill me. Kill me. And they like just walked past him. Yeah, they're just going to church. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's that's all I wrote down for those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the lines that I wrote down particularly was it was the first, it was after uh, he was attacked by the bat in his therapist's office. Mm-hmm. And he was just, you know, he was just talking about how like, you know, for some reason, you know, it made me really horny you know yeah and she was just like oh but you know you were you were having sex previous and it was you know that was why that was that right and he was like no mm-hmm. but it, but it came down you know you know <laughs> yeah and then, then he's like give me a break i was in mortal Kombat with, with the, the bat fucking, yes i was in mortal Kombat <laughs> with the fucking bat <laughs> it's wonderful yeah he's like He's like trying to. He's getting all defensive over the fact that it, over like the implication that he had just been turned off by fighting a bat. Yeah. No, but he was turned on by the bat. Yeah, but like, he. But like at the mere implication that at any point he had been he like had gone soft at all, he like gets super defensive about. <laughs> yeah. I read into this this watch a lot about mm-hmm. like this guy's right. like ineptitude. Yeah. And just how like he can't do anything right well, i think that's something that we should get into it like what is the deal with mm-hmm. peter lowell like why is he like this i think he's just so like he's so so incompetent yeah and like like at, at a certain point i was just like writing down i was like oh like this guy can't even do this because x you know like mm-hmm. 
uh, I wrote down, you know, that scene in the diner where like he's yelling at the waiter to like serve him, and then like we're here for fifty are... fucking minutes. Yeah, and then like these two girls are like talking behind him, and he's just like fucking grease hole, and he like run walks out. Yeah. Um, I wrote down after he said that it was like he's in that diner because he couldn't get reservations to Dorcia. And I was just like, I don't know. I've just been like, I was just reading into that so much. I, uh, I even, I even like noted like near the end when he's like walking home and he's like hunched over and he's got the piece of wood and blood all over him. Yeah. I was like, is he walking home because he doesn't have subway fare? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, this you... is New York city, dude. Right. He ostensibly lives in Manhattan. Like. There, subways go all over Manhattan. Why could? Why wouldn't he just take the subway? I think because of his ego, he feels like he's too good to go on the subway. He seems like true. one of those. That's true. Yeah, he does take a lot of cabs. He does. He spent almost 50 fucking dollars to get Alva back in the office. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like... I don't know. I also read into it that like the only reason he's taking everything out on Alva is because she seems to be the only thing in his life that he has control over. Right. And yeah. even then he doesn't really have control over her because she's her own person and she either can't find the file that he's looking for or when she does find it, it's like that's not good enough, you know? Right. Also, weirdly, right before she brings in the file, he has that, like, hallucination of the guy from the cab who was married, like, mm-hmm. 50 years. Like, he's obviously very insecure about relationships to women and stuff. Yeah. And I think he says something about, like, finding his dream girl or whatever, and then, like, Alva comes yeah. in. I think it's mostly yeah. just for, like, a joke or whatever, but... It really made me think that when I, when we first watched this, it really made... That, that scene really made me think that he was going to, like, fall in love with Alva. Yeah. But then that's not the case. He then ends up like chasing her and then yeah, attempting yeah. to assault her. Yeah. Uh, and then thinks he's a vampire and he runs off instead. Right. Yeah. I do. I love in that scene, his anguish, you know, like he's really forcing her to shoot him. Yeah. It, like, and even afterwards when like he starts hallucinating that he she's the vampire lady and then he like sees the gun and he decides to like stop what he's doing and like try and shoot himself and then he does yeah and then he thinks that he's like invincible to bullets like i don't know like the 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 noise he makes after he does that and it doesn't kill him is like wow like this guy seems truly truly upset that he can't even kill himself which also you know another ineptitude i looked i you know wrote down i was just like ah dude can't even like like he doesn't have any control over his life. He can't even control when his own life ends. Yeah, it's a shame, you know. Even, he just he, lashes out and he breaks all his furniture. D- yeah, dude. <laughs> he takes any excuse to trash his apartment, dude. <laughs> it's a mess. It's a total I, mess. I'd kind of forgotten that during the first watch. Like, uh, when does he trash his apartment and why? And I realized that this. Like, he basically takes any excuse. Like, the first time he does it, it's because Jackie leaves that note on his door. Yeah. And that's even before he believes he's a vampire. She just leaves a note on his door. is like, D- stay out of my life. Right. And then he, like, trashes his apartment. Yeah, and he's, like, the one who left on their date. Like, she was, she was into him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's because... Well, it never occurred to me that um, this girl 
it, it finally clicked to me the the girl that he's seeing as the vampire rachel rachel she's uh she, i think she's like a high school crush really what makes you say that well because like after the club scene after he gets like kicked out of there and he's like walks like as he's walking like the guy's like you better get home soon it's almost sunrise mm-hmm. uh he like is walking around the corner and he like he's like muttering to himself he's like she's just a high school cunt she's just a, a, a fucking high school cunt and then he walks around and then like the sunlight hits him mm. but he, he he was saying like like she's like a high school person to him mm-hmm. and the way she kind of like reacts when she sees him for the like what which i'm guessing for her is the first time yeah she's like peter right as if she's like oh we're just remembering him so i think she like i think she was a girl that he had a crush on in high school oh but she says she says peter right the second time they meet at the end of the movie where he tries to yeah at the end of the movie in the club yeah but that's after that he introduced himself the first time yeah, which beginning. I don't think that was real. I think the introduction itself was real. You think so? Yeah, but I don't. But she definitely didn't come home with him. She totally like blew him off. Maybe I don't know. I think, I I mean I guess so. I guess that would make sense. I just think that he he starts imagining her because he sees her on the street too. Mm. He sees her when she's like kissing that guy by the hot dog stand, like. I don't remember. I think it's either right before or after he yells at Alva for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'll um, have to keep an eye out on the next few watches. Yeah. Um, oh, and that was another... Speaking of uh, just how incompetent he is, I also wrote down, like, was he aroused by the bat because it was the only time he felt like he wasn't impotently failing to control something in his life? Hmm. perhaps yeah i don't know he didn't see like i for whatever reason it seemed like he felt like he had a lot of control over that situation even though like mm-hmm. he kind of didn't right yeah i don't know i don't know i'd have to I'll have to have to really analyze that next time i was watching this yeah. time i was really watching to see if like the bat ever got close enough to bite him or whatever and like maybe that's partially what causes delusions but i feel like he's always pretty Mm -hmm. far off and trying to hit him yeah it seems like it stays close to the ceiling yeah yeah. also one thing that i noticed that i thought was kind of weird is the first Mm -hmm. time that he calls in alva into his office there's a shot of his his ankle and he's not wearing Mm -hmm. any socks on his shoes and then late, and she takes note of that, but they don't really say anything about it. And then when mm-hmm. he comes back, he finds his socks on the floor. Yeah, I don't know what the significance of that was. Oh, okay. That I yeah, I do. It's because that that workday is the next day, right after he right. had that encounter with the bat. Right. He like went home with Jackie to her place, mm. and he went straight from her place. Uh huh. And he didn't put any socks on when he was running out of his apartment from the bat. Oh, so, okay. That yeah. makes sense. So that's, I guess, what the implication was. Yeah. I also didn't really get it the first time because I was like, why is Alva looking at his feet? Why is he looking at her feet? What's going on yeah, in yeah. this scene? I Because th- um, I just assumed she was like, wow, he has like really hairy ankles, you know? Which is like 
not even true. I think he has regular, like, very normally hairy ankles. I mean... It is a weird fashion choice, though, wearing, like, slacks with, like, nice shoes, like, dress shoes and no, no socks. socks. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty odd. He's a weird guy. He's so eccentric. He's so weird. He's from Philadelphia, but he's been in New York for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um... I just can't, I can't, I, I refuse to believe that's how people from Philadelphia talk. I, I hope that we can go to Philly one day and we just Mm -hmm. find like a random neighborhood where everyone talks like that. Yeah. Say, Casey, you guys are from New York, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like that, that is how this movie would have you believe Philadelphia is. Maybe I should just watch Philadelphia. That's, that's a good movie, right? Philadelphia. Um, that's the it's the one with Tom Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks AIDS movie. Wait, is it Tom Hanks AIDS movie? It might be Bruce Willis. Actually, I may have fully made up Tom Hanks. I think Philadelphia is a movie where Tom Hanks plays a gay uh, lawyer with AIDS who gets fired mm-hmm. because he's yeah. gay and has AIDS. Yeah, very sad movie. I know that much. Yeah. I think his boyfriend is played by Antonio Banderas, maybe? Oh, this is ringing bells. Yeah. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Right. I'm going to continue to speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio oh, Banderas also, playing another gay role as the gay vampire in Interview with the Vampire. Oh, yeah! Yeah! God, that's a good movie. It's a fantastic movie. Um, also, I I wanted to know if you'd noticed this. You know when he calls his therapist the night he gets, like, his vampire teeth? Yeah, and he wants to call her in the morning, right? He Yeah, he's, like, trying to reschedule his appointment to be earlier. Right. Um, you know how, you know how she was, like, you know it was like implied that she had just stopped having sex and was like just like had just showered after sex yeah uh and you see like this handsome guy come in and like kiss her on the cheek while she's on the phone right that guy looked a lot like emilio do you think that was emilio i don't think so i think that was just another gentleman suit he did look a little bit like emilio though that for whatever reason, this watch, I looked at him and I was like, that looks almost exactly like Emilio. And I like to think that Emilio is also sort of like connected to this world in more yeah. ways than one. Yeah. And that he's like seeing this like hot older therapist lady. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd love that for him, you know. Yeah, because they're both like, they're both gorgeous. Yeah. So it's like good for them. Yeah, totally. I like that the therapist has like a slight english affectation mm-hmm. but like not exactly but like that's her vibe. yeah uh i should know who she is she is so familiar and she the way she familiar. speaks is like it's it's very old school yeah uh let me just look i will look this up mm-hmm. uh dr glazer she's elizabeth ashley I don't recognize any of these movies. She's in Ocean's 8. Oh. Huh. I gotta see that movie. I don't think I've seen any of the Ocean's movies. 
I think I've seen like the second one and the second one only. Um, let's see here. What else have I written down? There's just so much. Mm -hmm. Do you have any notes of, of interest? Uh, um, while I look through my mad scrawlings. Let me see. Let's see. I just like, I wrote a little bit about his posture. I love how after he dons the teeth, like he like fully like stiffs mm -hmm. up like Nosferatu. Yeah. And he even does it a little bit beforehand. Once he like is convinced he's a vampire, his shoulders are always like at his ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's a great uh It's a great choice. It is a good choice. It's it's great that I we already mentioned this last episode, but it's great that they mm -hmm. introduced Nosferatu to like as a point of mm -hmm. reference, like in him watching it with Rachel or his imagination of Rachel. Cause also I wonder in... if that was Oh, go ahead. Oh. Because I always, like, found interesting that, like, in the scene where Nosferatu, like, comes for, I forget who, what the lady's name is and that, there's, like, there is, like, some eroticism in it. Like, she mm -hmm. does look, like, very taken with him in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that was Nick Cage's choice. Like, it was his choice to play it like this, you yeah. know? I, I don't think anyone could have possibly stopped him. It's Yeah. I think it's it's a great choice, Jessica. Well, it's a horror comedy. I think it's definitely more mm -hmm. of a horror because everyone besides yeah. Nicolas Cage plays it very straight, but he's just yeah. so over the top. Uh, yeah, I was noticing this. Like, Alva's performance, she's like, I would say her performance is on par with his. Yeah. In, in fact, maybe even greater but she plays it very real. Like yeah. she plays it like she's very genuinely afraid and genuinely like upset right. over everything that happens to her. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, yeah, it's so believable. It's like, wow, she's incredible. Like I think most of the people, pretty much all the people in this movie turn in really amazing performances. Yeah. And it's just Nick Cage's kind of stands out because it's so cartoon alien. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess also makes it more, it, it it makes sense with his character being like such an outcast right. to everyone. Also very clearly like mentally ill. Yes, he's definitely got some kind of issues. Although I feel if there is a rabies angle here, mm -hmm. it definitely makes sense because he starts having delusions immediately though. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it doesn't make sense because I don't know if rabies starts showing symptoms that early i i can't help but feel that the filmmakers probably weren't thinking of how rabies. quickly rabies like kicks in i true. think they'd just be fine to just kick it straight in that's true yeah because i just remember like the day after he like like he he then you know goes to that bar meets rachel and like the day after he's talking to people that aren't there yeah which already rachel might not have been there in the first place so right. yeah um but yeah uh, 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 i think that's everything i had there i i think the last thing i noted of of real importance was that like his uh 
it was a it was a great idea for them to shoot this in New York City because it really it really like sort of accentuates how impotent he is mm-hmm. in the sense that like even even him running around in the street covered in blood just you know howling and talking to himself and running around like a creature yeah um people still don't pay him much mind yeah they like like even the people he like accosts in the street and like tries to talk to they're just like what get away from me and then they just keep going yeah because that's just that's just new york you know yeah and i i think it really serves the purpose of making him seem like a really just incompetent fool right um but yeah uh do you want to get into favorite moments? Did you have a favorite moment of this watch? Um, let me think. I mean, I just, I really love the alphabet scene every time I see it. I think mm-hmm. it's the most hilarious part of his performance. It's evergreen. It's, it's so good. It's fantastic. Like, he he emphasizes each letter, like, perfectly, you know? Yeah. I wonder if that was improvised. I... I'm sure it was. Also, fucking his therapist. I don't remember his therapist's name. But she Dr. has such Glazer. a... Yeah, Dr. Glazer. She has a great reaction to it. She's like, yes, Peter, you mm-hmm. know the alphabet very well. Yeah. She's she's awesome because she does try and, like, interrupt him. She's, like, yeah. clearly not, like, fearful of this guy. She's just no. like, Peter, Peter, <laughs> please calm down. <laughs> yeah. Um... uh yeah uh, is that your is that your favorite moment of this watch yeah it still is honestly it's just fair enough um my favorite moment of this watch was a a little niche Mm -hmm. you know when he uh grabs that pigeon and takes it home to eat yes and he like he defeathers it eats it yeah yeah so like you it the shot like tracks this like trail of feathers through his trashed home mm-hmm, yeah and it like pans up to him and he's like leaning on the fridge holding his stomach and like burping yeah and there's like a, pl- a bloody plate with feathers everywhere around it mm-hmm. um and it's sitting right in front of the microwave and so my favorite <laughs> moment of the watch was just kind of like I kind of like the implication that he microwaved that pigeon. Yeah. He didn't eat it raw. Of course. He tried eating it raw. It was and then he gross. nearly Yeah, he nearly threw up probably. Yeah. And so he then just stuck the rest of it in the microwave and microwaved it. He's like constantly on the verge of throwing up like after eating the cockroach which Nicolas Cage did eat for real. Mhm. The pigeon yeah. eating a woman's neck yeah i actually you know it's funny i for whatever reason after watching it this time watching him do it that time Mm -hmm. i remembered that like human bodies are designed to immediately like throw up if you drink enough blood right because i think it's a i think it's like a response to like internal bleeding or something Mm. so it's like oh yeah he that would be what would happen if a human being like tore someone's neck out and tried to drink all the their blood yeah it's definitely very gross and yeah he's just gonna reject that yeah and his his 
performance of like being sick from drinking too much blood is also so big and so good yeah and even the people like when he stumbles into that room and like he like like makes that retching noise and like falls on these people's table Mm -hmm. even then they don't even pay him that much mind they're just like okay and then they leave i'm like sorry they're there to party yeah they're just like oh this guy's had too much let's get out of here i don't know it's just i i was really reading into like how much attention was paid this man yeah and i feel like not even the police cared about him because we don't see the consequences of his actions for killing that girl at the club not at all Let's see. Did I have? I thought I had something else. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Do you have any more thoughts to share? I'm just scrolling through, trying to remember, like what's. Oh, word, word, word. Yeah. While you do that, I also have a note here about um, the the look he gives the camera. He gives the camera like a straight. He like straight up barrels the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, In which scene? In the scene right before he kills the girl at the club. Mm-hmm. The, like there's that shot like wide shot of the room and she's sitting on the couch and she like does a little bump of coke yeah and he like stalks into the frame looking more like nosferatu than ever right and she like looks up at him and he looks at her and then he very slowly turns towards the camera mm-hmm. and like looks directly at the camera and gives like a little grin and then turns back to her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. just thought like, wow, what a what a choice. It's very Looney Tunes. It really made me wonder. I was like, did they do another take of this? Was this the best take they had? Did he just keep doing this? And the director was like, Nick, stop, stop looking at the camera. I think it's definitely he was trying to like just like look behind him to make sure that Mm -hmm. you know no one was there while he was gonna like attack her oh true true yeah but it did not read like that every time he does it i feel like he's looking at the audience he's looking at me and being like "Ooh, aren't i aren't i a little stinker he's very much a little stinker i'm about to get into some trouble i'm trying i just watched this movie and i just took these notes and i'm trying Mm -hmm. to like remember what this means Mm -hmm. i just wrote i just wrote down whoa (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember why i wrote that there's quite a there's a lot of moments that you could say that too i know i was definitely like that when i first saw him eat that lady also, a very notable thing about the end of that scene, and I think that mm-hmm. is what's very unvampire-like, is that, you know, to bite her, he has to take his teeth out. So after he's bitten her, he puts the teeth back in after, you yeah. know, biting with his actual human teeth. He looks so ashamed in that moment, too. He does. He's just... Can't even have the confidence to murder like a vampire would. No. I mean, it's like, Um, he's queasy, you know, it's hard to. True, he did just, like, drink so much blood, he, uh, he's not, 
not feeling great probably um oh i remember what this wall was about actually okay <laughs> it's such a funny it's just such a funny weird delivery so it's 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 from when he's like having that delusion of being in like the therapist's office. Yeah. And an immaculate he... scene. Great scene. Love it. The, the constant uh, back and forth between reality and the doctor's office is great. Yeah. So if, if any listeners haven't seen the movie, there's a scene near the end where he's like covered in blood, stalking through New York and he like runs into this wall. And then suddenly he's like, like, Oh, I'm in my therapist's office and he just starts talking to the wall and then it like cuts back and forth between like him being in the therapist's office and being totally like, you know, sane, he's clean, he's well-dressed, he's speaking articulately. Yeah. Uh, but he's still holding the piece of random wood. He is. In the therapist's office. And it like goes back and forth and there's a whole dialogue about how he's trying to find love. <laughs> um, and, you know, Not a fairytale kind of love yeah and then uh the 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 therapist like uh tells him like oh well there's this other patient i have who is just like you and it's also looking for the kind of love you're looking for and she introduces her and i think like when he when like uh the girl comes in her name was sharon Mm-hmm. this like imaginary girl Sharon she's like I like Vivaldi uh, I like Vivaldi cocktails and long weekends in the countryside it's like that's exactly the kind of things I like yeah. and then it cuts to him back in like the real world and he just goes like whoa <laughs> right <laughs> and then it cuts back to you know the real uh to, to his delusion i just i just thought it was so funny i was like why why did he make that noise he's just he's just so amazed that you know he's finally met someone like-minded like him who also likes japanese food that was an important thing for him yes they both find it refreshing very refreshing Um, And then, you know, he takes her back to his apartment in his mind and, you know, he's just mm -hmm. stumbling around. And once he gets back to the apartment, they immediately start arguing, like not even not even in his delusions. Can he like have what he wants? Yeah, he is not even good at keeping his own imagination happy. He like like this perfect girl who is just like him in every way and supposedly would really love him. Like he can't even keep her happy because like. In his mind, he, like, says, like, oh, yeah, I was briefly a vampire. And then she, like, like a normal, like, all the people in his delusions, like, kind of act like normal people aside from, like, the vampires and, like, his therapist. Like, he mentions he was a vampire and she's just like, wait, you were a vampire? Why did you turn into a vampire? What was that like? And he's just like, stop fucking asking me about being a vampire. And then she's like, she's like, well, fuck you. I don't like you. Be a normal person you fucking weirdo and he's like well fuck you get out of my house and it's just uh like dude come on yeah you imagine this my brother in christ you imagined this woman <laughs> it's self-sabotage it's terrible he really just imagined a guy and got mad at him yeah um let's see do i have any more notes i think my last note was like during that delusion scene near the end there's like a wide shot of him standing in the windows mm-hmm. and for whatever reason the camera is like shaking yeah. and it, for a second i was like is there an earthquake right now 
<laughs> but it wasn't because it cut back to like him on the street and it was perfectly still and then cut back to the other one and it started shaking again. I was yeah. like, huh, weird. It must have been Just the camera something I noticed. so shaken by the immaculate performance that was before him. <laughs> yeah, he was overcome with emotion. Yeah. There are quite um, a few emotions in this movie. Yeah, some some inexplicable, I would say. Quite a few, though. Yeah. Uh oh. Also, I had this idea for like a closing segment. Mm-hmm. We can like do this and then like have our final thoughts near the end. Okay. Uh I think we each episode, one of us should uh like decide whether or not we think he's a vampire and provide one piece of evidence mm. uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first let me think about it for a second okay yeah because i also haven't really thought about yeah um any real evidence right there mostly is none yeah okay let me think Well, okay, I have one, I guess. All right, go for it. All right, so, you know, realistically, and we talked about this last episode, but he is a vampire just because even if it's a blank bullet, you know, and you shoot Mm -hmm. it in your mouth, it's still going to hurt. He didn't even flinch, He's so true. He didn't. Yeah. So he is a vampire because those, those blanks didn't hurt him. Exactly. He's just a daywalker, you know yeah oh he's like he's like wesley snipes but in from blade i was gonna say like edward but that too oh yeah well he actually you know what that's even more that's even more accurate because edward doesn't have fangs it's true he doesn't yeah 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 wesley snipes at least has fangs Mm -hmm, yeah but you know he's got he's got a little bit of louis from you know interview with the vampire because he's a little suicidal yeah true true he, he does, is always asking people to kill him yeah he lined you know in the last scene he lines up the stake into his heart yeah that's also i don't know if we've talked about that that's like a great just like such a great and weird way to end the movie too mm-hmm. where it's like his first instinct when he sees emilio in his house ready to like beat the shit out of him he's just like oh piece of wood on my chest please please push this <laughs> down and to emilio emilio's credit Emilio does exactly that. He does. He, like... He was ready to fuck him up. He brought, like... What was it? Like, a crowbar or something? I think it was a tire iron. A tire... Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, he was ready to, like, really mess this guy's day up. But then he walked in the in the place and saw it was, like, totally trashed. Yeah. I mean... You can't say that he didn't deserve it. No, and yeah. It's what he wanted yeah emilio is the only not one nice enough to like give him what he wanted all those church people they didn't want to deal with that yeah shit. and even then it wasn't it wasn't a kindness that he did it was because he was getting like revenge basically yeah he was being a good brother emilio is really a great brother in this because like he's the only person who really notices something's wrong with alva yeah he like, like even still though he doesn't take her super seriously until not at first yeah yeah which i guess 
like yeah that's the thing i guess at first he's like well you don't need bullets this guy's just an asshole you know it's fine don't worry about it yeah but no one listens i don't know i don't know why she didn't tell him that her boss was in the cab that she just arrived in Mm -hmm. because i feel like if i was emilio and my sister told me that they're like oh yeah my boss came to our home and has picked me up in his cab right i would probably find some way to get some real bullets into that gun Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess after that like emilio he does like really become genuinely concerned yeah like when she doesn't come out of her room he's like like her mom is just like whatever i guess she wanted to sleep in and then he's like well was she out last night and she was like nah she came home early and then like emilio's like huh that seems uh concerning it's terrible yeah um any parting thoughts um I think we need to bring many people into this conversation. I think we need mm. every possible angle that we can to, because this is this is a complex movie. Yes, I agree. I think we should hold off for like maybe two more episodes because I think after that, that's when I'm going to start like posting these. Yeah. So I I want us to have a little bit of time with the movie ourselves. Before we start bringing in other people for more perspectives, but I, I do agree, I'm very excited to get other people's opinions on this movie. Definitely, I think it's definitely a movie that everyone should see with friends. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Although, although you know, arguably like no actual vampires, like a, a vampire classic. Absolutely, I think so. I oh. think this. I don't know where would you say this goes in the in the halls of va- vampire like history. Like, is it up there with things like Nosferatu itself or, like, something more esoteric than that? I wouldn't quite put it in Nosferatu, you know? Like, it definitely... Mm -hmm. It definitely has, like, its moments, Vampire's Kiss. There's some good iconography, which is very important for vampire movies, I think. Oh, absolutely. To have iconography that you could recreate. You know, the, the plastic fangs are great. You know, the him moving his couch over so that it's like a coffin is great. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's quite fully there. I haven't seen this movie, but it would just say it's like on the same level as like Martin. Martin. It is. Yeah, it's very, I have seen Martin. It is very similar to Martin. Or like near dark. I haven't seen near dark yet, but Martin oh. is more ambiguously like you're not sure if he's like a vampire or just like a fully mentally ill person mm-hmm. martin's terrified really it is it's very watch martin i guess you should do... yeah i think it's it's on youtube it's like out of print so like you can't really find like a good copy of it but it's on youtube mm-hmm. in full i'm pretty sure well that i think that's as good a closing thought as any uh Everyone, go watch go watch Martin. Go watch Vampire's Kiss. Yes, go watch Nosferatu also. Yes. Watch every vampire movie. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Vampire's Piss. <laughs> um, I'm Cassidy Easton. I'm Matt. 
and uh, we'll see you next week. Dream of me, my angel. Dream of me.